Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome back to our channel. Today, I want to introduce you to the brutal and cruel case of Bianca Edmonds. She was found guilty of murder ordering her husband, Glenn Cassidy, to kill her ex-boyfriend Michael Caposina in 2016. Edmonds used all sorts of tricks to put Caposina in a helpless situation before ordering her husband to attack and kill him. She was feeling out of control and wanted to remove Caposina from her life and her sins. The recorded phone calls show the alliance between Edmonds and Cassidy, and how she drew her husband into the case. It is worth mentioning that Edmonds used eccentric sex to control her husband and force him to commit this cruel act. However, the case was unsuccessful as Caposina was warned by his partner and tried to hit Cassidy with a knife before being shot dead at the scene. The tragedy of a broken family and the consequences it leaves behind is enormous. Join us through the door of darkness and uncover this case and Bianca Edmonds' extremely clever and sinister motives and plans. Who exactly was this woman? How did she get a reputation as Melbourne's Black Widow in the first place? The case transports us to the floodplains of Victoria, Australia. It should come as neither a shock nor a surprise to learn that the majority of Australia's population resides in coastal areas. And in fact, more than 85% of the nation's population of 26 million people lives within 30 miles of the ocean. On the other hand, the vast outback is most certainly the first thing that comes to mind when you think of rural Australia. However, there is a great deal more to it than just the red sand, dingoes, and tumbleweeds. This is especially clear in the south of Victoria, which is characterized by its rural landscape, which is characterized by lush grasslands and farms. To tell you the truth, if you were to toss me into Google Maps blindfolded, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between Victoria and Kansas. Shepparton is a small city that can be reached by traveling around 100 kilometers north of Melbourne via Route 55, where you will ultimately arrive. With only about 69,000 people calling this city home, it's probably not hard to predict that there isn't much going on here. The city is considered to be somewhat sleepy. It was a sheep station and a river crossing in its earlier days, but in the middle of the 19th century, it went through a considerable metamorphosis to become a railway town. And ever since then, agriculture and irrigation have provided Shepparton with the reason it exists. In addition to this, the town serves as a significant commercial and service hub for the surrounding metropolitan area. In addition, if you go downtown, there is a good deal of activity to be found there as well, with a variety of stores, bars, and restaurants keeping the area lively. To add to this, a network of parks, reserves, and woods follows the various trails established through Shepartment. Each of these parks and reserves offers magnificent sites and picnic sites along the bush walking tracks, which brings us back to the year 2016. A woman by the name of Bianca Edmonds was one of the residents who made their home in the verdant suburbs of Shepartman. It is true that very little is known about her childhood or her history, but given the events of today, it is not essential to have this information. She was born in 1986, and her mother Ellen brought her up to be a respectful young lady. And when she entered her adult years, Bianca developed into a self-assured young woman, which was a perfect complement to her long brown hair and eyes that looked like dough. Her ex-husband, 
Michael Caposina, love her for a variety of reasons, but these two qualities in particular stood out to him the most. Michael, who was born in the year 1990, is approximately four years younger than she is. When he first encountered Bianca, he was a resident of the West Meadows neighborhood, which is located in the region's far northwest. The two people finally became so close to one another that they started dating. Even though the couple had not yet legally tied the knot, they were engaged to one another since their commitment to one another was strong enough. Now let's jump ahead in time to the year 2013. Bianca unexpectedly discovered she was pregnant with his child. And if we fast forward another nine months to the year 2014, we find that the young couple welcomed their first son into the world. For his own protection, the child will not be given a name at this time. But things were not going very well back at home, and as their responsibilities and time together started to build, Bianca and Michael discovered that they were getting into a lot of intense confrontations with one another. And because the disputes and fighting were getting to be extremely explosive, they eventually broke up, leaving a kid in the middle of a family that was now torn apart. As is typical in situations involving parents who have divorced, Bianca and Michael fought hard to acquire custody of their child. And along with these fights over custody came a great deal of turmoil and animosity. The arrival of Glenn Cassidy marks the point at which the action shifts. And it was during this time that Bianca's life began to revolve around him rather than Michael. Glenn was 13 years her senior, having been born in 1973 and being 49 years old at the time of their meeting. Glenn was a man who kept things very straightforward. He had made a home for himself in the countryside and had established himself as a heavy truck operator in the Shepparton area. He was content with his life. Unluckily, the man was also rather gullible, and he needed assistance with both reading and writing. In spite of this, he discovered his true vocation in the operation of huge machinery and was skilled in the operation of both sophisticated and diverse construction vehicles. Despite the fact that he was significantly older than Bianca and had more life experience, it turned out that she was the one who was in charge of the connection between them. They had only met on the dating app Tinder a short while before they were sleeping in each other's beds, but things progressed very quickly between the two of them after that. Bianca became seriously involved with him very immediately, despite the fact that she was already a mother and was engaged to Michael. And as 2015 came to a close, conversations about marriage continued to linger in the atmosphere. However, this did little to halt the caustic and volcanic arguments that she had with her ex-husband Michael, nor did it alleviate the baggage that was caused by her previous relationship. Would turn out to be a key roadblock in the relationship between Bianca and Glenn. On the other side, Michael had recently teamed up with a new person who went by the name Silvana. And at the same time as he and his new partner were getting established into their home in northern Melbourne, Bianca and Glenn moved in together in Shepartman, which is around 100 kilometers away. It should come as no surprise that Silvana sided with Michael during the dispute, just as Glenn did with Bianca. The most important point of differentiation Though, is how Bianca retold the event in her own words. As time went on, she leveled some extremely damning claims about Michael and frequently depicted him in Glenn's presence in the worst light possible. After what had happened, Glenn did not take Michael's presence with much favor. And while the protracted custody fight over Michael and Bianca's son raged on and on, a parallel conflict between the two men began to come to the surface. The feud was centered on Michael and Bianca's son. Now, ever since Michael ended his relationship with Bianca, he has been permitted to see his son at most once per week at the most, 
in light of the existing circumstances, it was imperative that it be done under close observation as well. However, from a legal standpoint, Michael was making significant headway in his efforts to visit his kid more frequently and unsupervised. This development provoked Bianca's furry to a large degree. And if Bianca was insane, then Glenn would most likely behave the same way as well. In spite of the continued hostilities, there were joyous milestones to celebrate as well, such as the couple formally getting married in February of 2016, despite the fact that Bianca retained her own surname after the wedding for some inexplicable reason. But their marriage was subject to a wide variety of peculiar conditions, and regrettably, this is the point at which our narrative takes an abrupt and ominous turn for the worst. It has come to light that Bianca was not merely venting some of the pent-up resentment that she had towards Michael by engaging in overly dramatic and combative discourse about him. Instead, she was actually using Glenn as a tool for a very horrible objective while also educating him to manipulate others. Multiple people who live in or around the Edmonds Cassidy household detest to the fact that Bianca frequently insisted that Glenn carry out her orders to exact revenge on Michael. In addition to this, she would also provide incentives in the form of rewards for this behavior. She frequently referred to her husband as spineless, pissed, weak, and a coward and she warned him that he lacked balls if he wasn't willing to protect his family and murder Michael. She also threatened him that she would leave him if he didn't kill Michael. On top of that, the deception and the manipulation did not end there. And while we're on the subject of his testicles, I should mention that Bianca was incredibly and ruthlessly clinging on to them. She never gave in to his requests to let him climb Max during sexual activity, and there was no way that this would ever change until he was willing to finish his life-threatening mission. Now, in the majority of situations, the majority of us would come to our senses and understand that no man or woman is worth carrying out such a heinous act for. This is the conclusion we would reach. On the other hand, Glenn did not share this perspective, and what's even more unfortunate is that he was even dedicated to the concept. And on the 12th of March in 2016, the lives of four families would be irrevocably altered, and his plots would fail so spectacularly that the consequences would be far more severe than they had been anticipated. March 12, 2016, at 7.32 p.m. It was a terrifying conversation that took place over the phone with the authorities. The panicked voice of Orman said that she and her partner had been assaulted in their home on Pasco Street, which can be found in the neighborhood of West Meadows in North Melbourne. When officers arrived at the site, they were confronted with a horrifying and extremely convoluted account. After her boyfriend armed himself with a knife and answered the door to a man who had arrived at the residence carrying a sawed-off shotgun, a fight broke out between the two parties. Unpredictably, this battle did not result in the loss of a single life, but rather, there were two lives lost as a direct consequence of what should have been a straightforward winner in a fight like this. The trespasser was none other than Glenn Cassidy who, as you can probably deduce on your own, was a guest on the property that belonged to Michael Caposina. Unfortunately, after breaking into Michael's house, Glenn managed to shoot Michael in the head and kill him, but not before Michael fatally injured Glenn with the knife. Glenn died as a result of his injuries, and after attacking Michael's girlfriend, Silvana, he too eventually bled to death and joined her in the hereafter. The people living in West Meadows were stunned when they heard the news. It was one thing to commit murder, but the circumstances surrounding the incident, which included two murders and a sawed-off shotgun, were rather peculiar and unusual. 
Despite the fact that March 12 marked the end of Michael and Glenn's lives, their narrative was only about to get started at that point. Because the information that cops uncovered over the subsequent months and years was really ridiculous. Now, Australia is a country that is home to a wide variety of strange animals, and most of the country's murder cases fall into the same category as well. Therefore, it is highly likely that you can figure out who was the mastermind behind this heinous crime. And as time went on, the authorities amassed evidence that was extremely damaging to her. Now, just so you are aware, there is a tremendous amount of material to go over here. As a result, before we move on to the trial processes, we are going to do a comprehensive assessment of everything in a time chronological order. It all started with one primary feeling that was somewhat primal and instinctual in nature. I am, of course, referring to Avarice in this context. Even before she met Glenn, Bianca began to experience anxiety about the possibility of losing sole custody of her little son. Now, this is a truth that cannot be refuted, and it is one that is so straightforward that it may even be termed intelligible. But at some unspecified point in time, this emotion got the better of her, and she decided that the only way to settle the situation was to take her husband Michael out of the picture permanently. This decision was made after she realized that there was no other way to solve the problem. We are unable to determine if this took place before or after she met Glenn. Moreover, we are unable to determine whether she had previously harbored malicious intent prior to the beginning of their relationship or even if she loved him at all. But as they continued their conversation, Bianca became aware of Glenn's credulous and naive manner. She used this information to cultivate the seed of uncertainty, anger, and despair in his thoughts. Glenn was convinced by Bianca that he needed to kill Michael in order to rescue his family and his stepson while she was allegedly engaging in intensive sexual manipulation as a form of control over him. And regrettably, after being swayed by her charisma, they both started conspiring against each other. The problem was that Bianca had an excessively close relationship with Michael. In addition to this, she had a clear reason for doing what she was doing. Therefore, she told Glenn that he would have to complete the task on his own, which was a fairly convenient solution. And that task was supposed to be easy. All you had to do was get a pistol that had nothing to do with either of them, then show up at Michael's house and kill him. It was out that in order to assist in the completion of the hit, the two individuals had even plotted out Michael's home and the neighborhood in which he lived. This includes particular information regarding the houses that were located around Michael, such as which apartments had pets that barked, and which apartments had security lines. Sadly, there was a lot of planning that went into this incident, and the two of them had been plotting Michael's murder for a considerable amount of time. This is something that we are aware of since, on Christmas Day in 2015, Glenn developed a list of things he needed to do before he could kill Michael. Bear in mind that the unfortunate individual was close to illiterate and had difficulty writing or spelling words. And with that being said, I ask that you pardon the numerous faults. Throughout his list, which he mistakenly dubbed obstacles but which should have been titled obstacles, Glenn emphasized the difficulties associated with acquiring a bullet, returning Michael to his house, and transporting and disposing of the body. He wanted to make sure that Bianca and his children did not have to worry about money. And he also wanted to have a child with Bianca or at the very least have her become pregnant. In addition to this, he desired for them to wed, which they would do, and engage in an abundance of sexual activity. The two first planned to murder Michael during the first weekend of March 2016, 
with the intention that Bianco would be out of town at her mother's house at the time of the crime, providing the ideal cover story. But either fortunately or unfortunately for Michael, he was not there at this time on the land, and as a result, their plans did not carry out as expected. Glenn waited outside the home over the whole weekend, and for reasons that are unclear, he had previously downloaded an application onto his phone, which he used to record a variety of conversations that took place during this time period. The majority of these talks were with Bianca, and in addition to revealing information that may be used against her, these tapes also exposed the power dynamic that existed between her and Glenn. When she says, oh, that's sweet, you know you've got her attention. And it is precisely when I am apart from you that I experience pain. Nobody showed up to the event. It's too bad about that. It's possible that nobody went home yet since they had to adjust their schedules to accommodate a last-minute alteration in their agenda. That's right, and that's why I'm going to stick around until later. When it gets dark out, most people start making their way home. Yeah, when did it get so dark? Sure, I'll stick around until approximately 11, 12 o'clock. And in the event that nobody turned up by then, yes, you should get some rest so you can go out and play a sport or something the next day. Yeah, hello. You must have a stunning appearance. I sincerely hope that someone is there. The day of the week is Sunday. That is when you disappeared from my life. Freaking obnoxious. But feel like squandering time. Just get it done and move on. I know. Hi, Katie. I feel like having a party. A present for you has been purchased. I feel like having a party. Too freaking. Have faith in me. I'll keep my fingers crossed and I'll try to contact the artist. You are aware of that. Therefore, there are no obligations related to job down here. Move up a gear. Just make sure you don't become too silly after you finish the job. No, you shouldn't damage yourself at all. No, I mean, I am aware that the work you are doing requires a good deal of cerebral effort, but you also need to put in the necessary effort physically. Be careful not to injure yourself. In all honesty, I think I'll go with the car this evening. Beginning to cause you pain. No, the number of individuals looking at it is starting to become excessive. Even another bike trailed me for a bit as I went about my business. I am unable to identify who he was. Yeah, carry out the necessary steps. Your youthfulness has a calming effect on me. I'm aware of this. However, something strange happened to me last night. For example, Knowing that you haven't been getting enough sleep made me feel uncomfortable. Just the other night, something didn't seem quite right when it first started. So probably lucky. Just get it done then. Because of this, we won't need to worry about it. I have had it up to here with this job. Just get it over with already. I'm trying. After that, shift your focus to the subsequent task. Complete it, and then move on. Let things get better in the future. Yes, we need less stress in our lives, and I'm not looking forward to the possibility of receiving additional legal aid and assistance. Yes, we still need to do all of those tasks. I am aware of this, but I am sick and tired of being unwell, and I don't want the rest of my life to be spent in a similar state of affairs. Okay, don't worry about it. Faint. Is it possible for us to have sex tomorrow night? I really have no idea. It depends. Whether or not we will be celebrating. I love you. Enjoy your job. I love you. Concentrate. I love you. Concentrate. Do not become immobile. Watch what you're doing.
I certainly will. I love you. I know. There are no problems. I'm extremely dissatisfied with you. I was hoping you got work. Yeah, me too. I am truly sorry. I know. I'm going to have to talk to you later. Okay, love you. Okay, got it. Please drive cautiously, thank you. I will. I love you guys. Bianca gave off the impression that she was not at all interested in returning his feelings of love for her and even gave the impression that she found his attention to be annoying. This was seen by the fact that she frequently avoided his attempts to communicate his love for her. In addition to this, she had an extremely clinical and unflinching attitude toward the procedure. Bianca even advised her once to just don't get funny, indicating that she did not exhibit any signs of guilt, reluctance, or empathy. After finishing the job, Due to the fact that Glenn and Bianca's plans did not work out as expected, they opted to pick a different day instead, and the 12th of March, 2016, was chosen as the new date. As a means of distancing herself from the nefarious scheme she had devised, Bianca pretended to send a text message from Glenn's phone in order to create a false alibi for herself. She pretended to be Glenn in the message that she sent to Bianca and said, Bianca, I love you so much. You have no idea. I'm about to do something that you would regard as utterly ridiculous, but I simply can't take this nonsense any longer. I just can't. I am unable to care for blank on a part-time basis. If I am caught, I want them to know that you had absolutely nothing to do with this in any way, shape, or form. This is the path I've chosen, the decision I've made. You have no idea what it entails. Please. I can imagine how stressful it was for you after he was responsible for the loss of our first child, and I could never forgive him for that. My greatest worry is that one day he will make an attempt to take my own son from me. It has driven me to the point of no return. Please understand that everything I do is with you in mind. I know that you wouldn't acknowledge it, but I adore you so much despite this fact. Don't be so terribly dumb. Bianca's naive response was, Don't be so bloody stupid, Glenn. You became my spouse. Even though it will make all of us here extremely uncomfortable, knowing Blank will be seeing him. Do not even bother to attempt to manipulate me into feeling sorry for you by saying such stupid things. I will not give in to your attempts. I will not put up with being screamed at under any circumstances. Enjoy your drive. After that, she pursued the matter by requesting that he return home. Bianca remained in Shepparton while her husband traveled the further 100 miles to Michael's residence farther to the south. However, strangely enough, he wouldn't go without first bringing a chicken schnitzel meal with him, which Glenn had meticulously prepared and intended for him to consume on the way back home from his murderous tea. Glenn parked his car before exiting it to do his reconnaissance of the area. A surveillance camera located on Riddle Street got a picture of him as he walked past Michael's house to see whether he was home. After that, he went back to his car, loaded his shotgun, and went to Michael's house, where he loudly knocked on the door. It appeared that Michael had developed a deep mistrust of Glenn's presence, and before going to the front door, he armed himself with a knife. His girlfriend, Sylvana kept a concerned and vigilant eye on the situation. Following their initial conversation behind the closed door, she observed that both guys extended their hands for a handshake. Despite this, Glenn forced Michael back inside the flat as their hands were locked together. After that, there was a struggle, and that's when everything really started to go to hell. Michael fought for joint custody of their child while Glenn fought for his wife to have exclusive custody of their child. 
and despite the fact that Glenn pressed the trigger into Michael's face, it wasn't until after he had stabbed himself that he did so. After ensuring that Michael was no longer alive, Glenn began to pursue Sylvana throughout the apartment. And after he had her surrounded, he brought the gun up to her head and pulled the trigger. Now, to our great good fortune, the rifle was only loaded with a single bullet, and as a result, it did not discharge. After that, Glenn threw Sylvana to the ground and started punching and kicking her instead. To her great relief, however, Michael's last deed would prove to be the one that would spare her life. Glenn was unable to kill her because he passed out from the lack of blood before he could beat her to death. Glenn's final words were for his children to know how much he loved them. Please convey my love to Bianca. I fired my gun at Michael. Now, as if all of this wasn't already enough, Sylvana was initially jailed on suspicion of murdering both men until it became clear that she was also a victim of the crime. On the other hand, Bianca was able to dodge practically all of the scrutiny that was directed toward her during the early days, weeks, and months of the investigation. And in fact, following a successful claim to the court ten months later, she would even be compensated $350,000 from Michael's inheritance. Now, it appeared as though Bianca would emerge victorious and take home a sizable financial award at the competition's conclusion. However, this would not occur until one month after a very uncomfortable interview with law enforcement. Investigators are still attempting to piece together what led to the deaths of two individuals in 2016. It's possible that a Holden Apollo in a dark navy color holds the key to figuring out what transpired during the double homicide. Shepard and man who was 49 years old was fatally stabbed at a home in West Meadows. He died from his injuries. During the incident, a man of 38 years old was shot in the head with a gun, which ultimately resulted in his death. A woman in her 40s who had also sustained injuries was transported to the hospital. It is speculated that a third party who was not present was the one who was responsible for the deadly tragedy. Anyone who may have information should get in touch with the police. During the course of this interview, Bianca pretended to be innocent and made the claim that she was not a psychopath. She denied sending the famed text message and pointed out that the message contained misspelled words and omitted punctuation, both of which were not typical of her own style of texting, which was convenient. She also denied writing the message. The interviews did not yield any evidence that might be used against the suspect sufficient to warrant her arrest. And with that, Bianca was terminated from her position. To answer your inquiry, yes, I did type that SMS message. I am not the one who typed out that message. You refuted the notion that you were the one who sent the text message using Glenn's phone. I must apologize. I didn't type that. I'm only making a simple request of you and that is to either agree with it or disagree with it. It was not typed by me. It was not typed by me. That is the only thing that I require of you. You are free to answer in any way that you see fit or not at all. And I may have gotten your name wrong. You are denying that you sent the text message. You mentioned that you have never bought a firearm before. I have never purchased a handgun. You've never demonstrated a firearm to anyone in the time leading up to this, have you? No. Have you ever tried to get someone else to murder Michael on your behalf? No. Okay. Are you absolutely sure about that? Yes. Okay. That's plain ludicrous. Again, it's simply a question for you. It is a query directed towards you. You have the option of either accepting it or declining it. It can be summed up like that. That sums up the entirety of this procedure. All right.
Perhaps he was challenged to his breaking point. Everything, including his girlfriends, his ex-girlfriend, Michael, his job, the fact that his mother was sick, and the fact that he himself was sick with cancer. Everything was simply too much for him. I really have no idea. But in terms of his real ability to read and write in an appropriate manner, wouldn't you say that was how you would describe it? He managed to avoid it. Okay. He felt a bit uncomfortable. He did everything in his power to prevent it. What could he possibly stand to benefit from this? Personally, what would be the benefit to him in doing so? He would have been sentenced to jail otherwise. Correct. He would also have been responsible for our demise. Correct. He wanted to have us. He dubbed himself a half-time dad, even though he detested his role as a part-time parent. Despite this, I am the one who put in the most effort to succeed. So that was all good. One weekend out of every month, we looked at having him stay with us throughout the day, and it was imperative that he be at Shepherd and in the same place we were. Therefore, it was my responsibility to make things as simple as possible for other people because he wanted to have a lot of time. He wanted to spend the weekends in Melbourne as well. I was the one who spent a lot of time in court discussing everything until we reached a place where we were both satisfied with the outcome. Have you ever expressed to Glenn your desire for Michael's passing in front of him? No, I've never longed for the death of another person. Really? I really wish that those other folks would just go to hell, and that we could get to Darwin as soon as possible. Do your best to lead a normal life. You've never brought that up to Glenn, have you? You have a wish. I doubt it. Because I'm not a crazy person, that's why. What is going on in Glenn's head is incredibly crucial for us to try and understand why this situation has developed, why it's happened in the first place. If we can put together the pieces of what he's doing, particularly in the moments shortly before the occurrence, then perhaps we'll have a better understanding of what caused it. After this, several months passed, and throughout that time, the news outlets and the general public gradually forgot about Glenn and Michael's deaths, while Bianca was quietly enjoying her newly acquired wealth. Not only had she benefited financially from Michael's passing to the tune of 307,000 Australian dollars, but through the use of the dating app Tinder, she had also acquired new love and sexual companions. It turned out that Bianca had met her new long-term spouse using the online dating app Tinder only a few weeks after Glenn's passing, and not even two months after that. After that, she made the decision to move in with him. It's possible that some types of people are naturally drawn to one another. Who could say? However, it turned out that this new partner was actually a convicted felon who had spent the previous eight years in prison for the crime of slitting the neck of his first wife. I won't be disclosing the new business partner's identity just yet. However, in due time he became aware of Michael's and Glenn's parsing through the media. And when he finally put together the pieces of the puzzle and realized that Bianca was a part of it, he was completely taken aback. It should not have come as a surprise that he then challenged her about it. After coming to the conclusion that she had no other options, Bianca eventually told him the truth. Up until this moment, she had been spreading false information about her ex-husband's passing by saying that he had passed away from cancer. It should come as no surprise that her new boyfriend will finally tell the cops everything that has been going on. The authorities did not intend to let up on the investigation into Bianca's disappearance either. In light of the direct evidence that was discovered at the crime site, the circumstantial evidence that surrounded Bianca seemed to point to her involvement in the crime. Several of the investigators had the impression that they were only one link away from being able to link her to Michael's killing.
and on April 4, 2018, she was questioned once more by law enforcement. What were your thoughts when you composed that text message and sent it to them? That was not something that I wrote. All well. But if there's anything that wasn't written by me, then disregard that message. We had a discussion regarding the map. Yes, and I was unfamiliar with that map until you presented it to me on that particular day. Do any of you think that it could be on that map somewhere? I acquired paper, most likely from one of the several locations throughout the home. A single piece of paper in its hole. Paper is scattered about the office. On them, the children do their artwork. There were loose papers all over. Please understand that I had not seen that map before you presented it to me. You told me that it might be any reason because Glenn is responsible for it, which is true. In addition to that, I have a statement from a man who you previously shared a home with. Yes, in addition to this, he relates to us a narrative about a chat he had with you after you were let go from the facility. My sister spent the whole day at the location. Did you discuss your intention to murder your mother with anyone before you carried it out? My plan. I don't have a plan. That's not the case. Regarding the child custody problems you're encountering, have you discussed them with anybody else? There was no dispute about custody throughout that time period. We've been assigned to mediate. Have you discussed the money that will be coming from Michael's estate with him? Why would I discuss such serious matters with someone I hardly know if I've only just met them? Have you discussed the map in detail with him at any point? Hello. You had to show it to me before I even knew there was a map. Thus the answer is no. You're putting your faith in a man who has served time in prison for attempted murder, and yet you believe him. What can you tell me about the message that I received on my cell phone? To tell you the truth, I haven't given it much thought until quite recently. I recall that you questioned me, and ever since I saw his phone again, I've been thinking about it. Did I really just write that? Was it me who typed it? As a result, I've been scratching my head, trying to figure out how to get a hold of the situation. Therefore, I discussed his typing style in comparison to mine. He had the person's name misspelled, and there are no commas or full stops in the sentence. Did you assist Glenn in making arrangements for his trip to Melbourne? No. Kill Michael. No. Are you sure? Do you not intend to murder someone at this time? Even after this interview, the authorities were unable to bring charges against her. It's hard to believe, but it's true. Nevertheless, it did launch several other lines of inquiry in different directions. And finally, on June 19, 2019, three years and three months after the victim's deaths, Bianca Edmonds was taken into custody and charged with their murders. When Bianca was taken into custody, she and her children had already relocated to the house that her father owned in Canberra. And as a result of the federal police conducting a search warrant at their residence in the wee hours of a chilly Wednesday morning, she was subsequently detained and extradited back to Victoria, at the very least until after the trial had been completed. As we move forward with the judicial proceedings of this case, the trials that Bianca would face would be chaotic, convoluted, and laborious. And note that I refer to the trials in the plural because there would be a total of three. This is due to the fact that the jury in her first trial, which took place in June of 2022, was unable to reach a unanimous judgment. And the second trial, which was held in August of that same year, was thrown out because of problems with the closing arguments. However, the jury would not reach a decision until her third trial, which was finally over in December of 2022, just one month after this footage was made public. In this case, 
the result was found guilty as charged. Now, the trials that were held for Bianco were really harsh, and many of the witnesses were not very forgiving either. This included Bianca's own mother, who testified before the court that her daughter even confessed to her crimes just a few days after the victim's murder. Ellen said during her trial that one of the things that Bianca said to her that evening that has stayed with her ever since is, it's all my fault. It was not the intention for it to spiral out of control to this extent. It was never my intention for Glenn to pass away. And on the following day, Bianca asserted that all of my problems have been resolved. Several people who are acquainted with both Michael and Bianca testified that Bianca expressed to others on multiple occasions that she desired Michael would simply vanish and that she wanted him out of her life and the life of her kid. In addition to this, many of Glenn's acquaintances testified that they frequently overheard the pair arguing about her previous relationship and they claimed that Bianca frequently called her has been spineless, stupid, weak, and a coward, but she did not confront him about the matter. In addition, she would frequently tease Glenn by saying that if he were a true guy with balls, he would take care of the matter on his own. One witness, who was a very close friend of Glenn's, said that Bianca had subtly asked him if he would be prepared to get rid of her ex-boyfriend for a significant quantity of money, and that he had instructed her to quote, fuck off in response to her question. In addition, he stated that while he and Glenn were chatting about Glenn's motorcycle, Bianca approached them with a shotgun that had been sawed off and was wrapped in a claw. She claimed that she had purchased the weapon in Melbourne for $100. In addition, this shotgun was an exact match for the one that was discovered at the scene of the crime. Bianca has maintained her innocence from the very beginning, offering a not guilty plea to the charge of murder and denying any role in Glenn's heinous acts. Instead, she asserted that Glenn was sick of how he and Bianca were being treated and that he acted of his own choice without any prior impulse to do so. She stated that he did this because he was sick of how he and Bianca were being handled. On the other hand, there existed a mountain of evidence to contradict or disprove that assertion. The prosecution contended that the allegedly fabricated text messages written by and to Bianca featured excellent language, which was not only out of character for Glenn, but also out of his level of literacy as well. The prosecution claimed that this was evidence that the communications were forged. An additional finding of the forensic investigation was the confirmation that Bianca's DNA was found on the weapon that was used to kill Michael. In addition to this, her fingerprints were discovered on the map that Glenn had made. Consequently, all of this, together with a phone call that was randomly recorded by Glenn, the testimony, the motive, and any and all other circumstantial evidence was sufficient to put Bianca in a situation that was very difficult for her. Despite the fact that Bianca might occasionally give off the impression that she is bright, she has also made some really foolish judgments as of late. For instance, while she was waiting for her trial to begin, she was forced to share a cell with a number of other detainees. During this time, she also braggadociously discussed how she controlled Glenn's anger by having him wrapped around her. In one occasion, it was stated that she told other convicts that she had previously tied Glenn up in bed to prevent him from moving around. After that, I would climb on top of him and ride him while still holding the weapon. He enjoyed it when I put him in a headlock and dominated the situation and I was confident that he would comply with my demands. When we were talking before, I would ask him, don't you want to kill him? You have agreed to do this for me. Moving forward towards the completion of her third trial, it took the 12-person jury only three hours to reach a judgment, and in the end, they all came to the opinion that Bianca was responsible for the murder of Michael Capacina. This verdict, 
was unanimous. Since her trial was just finished a month ago, the judge has not yet handed down her sentence. Instead, he or she is planning to do so in the early months of 2023. Since Australia abolished the use of the capital penalty in 1967, the most severe punishment that may be handed down to her is life in prison. In the state of Victoria, Australia, the minimum sentence for murder is 25 years in prison. This means that a person convicted of murder might potentially be eligible for parole as early as 2047. Because of this, Bianca will no longer be able to watch her children mature into the adults they will eventually become, which is a reasonable price to pay considering that Michael will never be able to see his own child again. However, this will undoubtedly cause Bianca much anguish. Given how little is known about Michael, it is difficult to provide a recollection of him that is accurate given the circumstances of this case or the details of his private life. Bianca did allege that he was a violent person, partner, but as far as I can tell, there is not a single piece of proof that might support such charges. In addition to that, he is the only thing that I can see, was a young man who put forth a lot of effort and was quite generous. The fact of the matter is that he did not deserve to pass away, and neither did his child deserve to lose not just his father but also his mother as well. On the other hand, Glenn is a difficult subject to discuss for a number of reasons. Despite the fact that I have compassion for a man who was easily duped after being subjected to protracted sexual manipulation, he was nonetheless responsible for the cold-blooded murder of another man. The real sorrow that has resulted from Glenn's passing is now being experienced by his three children, all of whom will now have to mature without the presence of their father. In my personal opinion, I believe that Bianca should be imprisoned for a significant amount of time and never be granted the privilege of freedom again. Herville's actions have had a lasting impact on the lives of numerous children, and the consequences are irreversible. We should soon learn the duration of her prison sentence, but for now, she has just begun her time behind bars. This concludes our discussion for today, and I am extremely grateful for your attention. If you found this case informative or compelling, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe. I will need to attend another investigation shortly. It is our collective responsibility to look out for one another and exercise caution always. Thank you for your time, and good luck.